Hello and welcome to Argumento Podcast, the podcast to discuss, debate and deliberate on various contemporary social, legal and political issues. We adduce various arguments and counter the same from different perspectives. I myself Joel and with me is uh, Minaj say hi. Hello guys, I'm Minaj and I hope to give you a fruitful discussion, fruitful session today. And joining with me is Maria. Hello everybody, Maria here. Thank you and thank you. Uh, the following episode, we will be covering about free speech in particular. And, uh, and, and today we are termed our podcast as Our Speechless Opinions on Free Speech. We would be covering about the emergency, the social media and other platforms as well with regard to the free speech. Also do check us out on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes and on YouTube as well. And before we proceed, we thank you for supporting us in our previous episodes where with, we dealt with the Indochina dispute, our hashtag Hindichini Bye Bye. Thank you for all the love. And we have seen your comments and appreciate y'all. Three comments in particular and thank you so much. Also a comment saying, uh, Maria, please fix your mic. So please uh, spam on the comment section with uh, Maria, uh, buy a new mic because her mics are making a, a lot of noise also. So. <laughs> but jokes aside, we, oh, we all, oh. <laughs> but jokes aside, yeah. we all need to upgrade our equipment. So, you know, so you, we guys, we need you guys to tune into our podcast regularly. This is a weekly podcast, and as the name suggests, we are a platform to adduce various arguments and counter the same by reflecting on various perspectives we all have. So, are we are we all ready to uh, set to go? Yes. Yes. Sure. Sure. And uh, thank you, uh, Maria, from a Minaj, very feeble one from Minaj. So I hope it's a yes. Um, so yeah, let's proceed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. with, when, we, when we think about free speech in particular and uh, our, our basic opinions about, uh, on, on free speech, we first think about the, with a very famous quote by Rabindranath Tagore, and I quote, where the mind is without fear and the head is held high, where knowledge is free, where the mind is led forward by thee into ever wide thinking and action. Into that heaven of freedom, my father, let my country awake. You get the basic notion, but the harsh truth is- uh, Joel, I, I don't, I would like to interrupt you here. Don't you think that poem is a bit too utopian for today's times? Abs- you're absolutely correct. Uh, because, you know, we all day long, we talk about the principle of free speech and ex- freedom of expression and also uh, the constitution guaranteeing us, uh, us these rights. But are we really that, uh, uh, are we really allowed to say so many things? Is that, is that really free freedom of speech and expression? I would really like to get, get you guys on board with regard to the, the, the current topic. And in particular, do you guys remember about the emergency? Do we really know of anything, any accounts of it with regard to the free speech in particular and also a historical aspect of, of free speech? I think nobody ever will be uh, unaware of the issue of emergency, like whether it's our generation or any coming generations, because I think it was one of the biggest ever infringement of a person's right to free speech in particular that the whole country has ever seen. So I think that's a very valid point to like, you know, elaborate on when we actually come up with a topic like this, like everybody would have a great interest in. Uh, Minaj, do you have some, some insights on emergency period? In yeah, the sure. The emergency period was a period where, you know, the pillars of democracy were just shook. And 
the constitution itself was turned into a weapon to suppress the voices of the people if you look at it the protest that was held in 1975 by jayaprakash narayan the emergency was declared the very same night on grounds of internal disturbances yes and this is how fragile the government was to criticism at that time uh, and won't you think right. it was a very ha ha yeah yeah joel continue yeah yeah you're absolutely right minaj because but i would like to, to differ on your point is that this was not a, a an emergency planned on a particular it was actually a a months long of, of preparation and planning with regard to because madam wanted to save her seat and i'm not referring to her name because i'm self censoring myself just like the newspapers of those times who are allowed to mention about madam or about the emergency particular because you know what she did she just cut the uh, electricity supply into the publication and they were allowed to 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 publish about the emergency it's literally cutting the voice of of the media and i and then you're talking about free speech today and and trying to compare it to today's times are we really in the emergency period because uh, frankly speaking we are not but then i would like like to hear a point from maria with with respect to the same on on the emergency as well yes joel so uh, when you actually speak about the situation that we suffered in 1975 which was ultimately you know a well a well white washed propaganda that actually calls me back to what had happened during the british era in our country i mean very specifically how our nationalist leaders were suppressed especially when it comes to the civil liberties of the individuals by that time where all these nationalist movements were like you know very practically under the name of legislations got suppressed very particularly so even after we got independent even after we regained all these liberties it's it was quite sad to you know getting to a situation like that of in 1975 and do you think the situation has got a big change even now what do you guys think on the present situation well i believe that we've come a long way as a society we've grown and we've become more tolerant to dissent we've become more tolerant to opposition we've become more tolerant to criticism and i feel like yeah in comparison to how we were 200 years ago and how suppressed we were then of course you need some restrictions on on speech but you know i feel like we have come a really long way in that regard this is minaj typically being very diplomatic in his answer because you would expect <laughs> emergency and in the subsequent events the all india radio and playing all speeches of indira gandhi and sanjay gandhi all day speaking in praise of the 20 point programs on on air and television it really reminds us of the nazi propaganda through the movies and radio or even the the last communist propaganda of the soviet russia and her lawyers trying every trick up their sleeve to really dis totally make lose the credibility of the several institutions typical napoleon and the dogs of, of like like the animal farm and the likes of the nazi germany the propaganda minister joseph gobbles and also would like to pass several several very fascinating uh, facts also in the emergency so there was this article in one of the, one of the newspapers a very funny instance about in the obituary section of the paper it mentioned death of democracy that, that is in di- direct reference to the state democracy subtle notion with with regard to the same and when we're talking about the emergency let's not forget the number of movies which were banned you had andhi you had kissa kursi ka and also uh, sanjay gandhi on his spree 
of uh, doing the his favorite maruti car project and the infamous nasbandi also uh, literally and metaphorically also and also which really makes me want to question is that like we have we in that time we had really elected the democratically a prime minister and was was that time the reincarnation of the colonial forces of india the fascism i just speak i must say like it's a very there's a very famous quote which everyone likes to point out now angrez chale gaye par apna ola yahan chhod diye it's it is we have we have still not risen up from our imperialistic mindset and thought process and the freedom of speech presses especially you had like several papers like the indian express and, and the statement who were one of the only few who stood up the, to the government and who can forget ramnath goenka also and 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 also do you, do you guys have any anything to say about today's times with regard to our media is our media become very complacent like like the time is there only the propaganda which we see or is there some real news which we are seeing like jo uh, i think yeah you have a point there but i also agree with what minat said just before i mean when you when we actually discuss about the situation that we had in 1975 and the situation we had during the british era uh we have definitely come like you know come come forward with a lot of distance we have we have covered a lot of distance to, as we are in the situation now but still there are existence there there is existence under the you know by the within the constitution like we are being prevented to speak because as both of i mean as three of us know and as everybody know right to free speech is not an absolute right which is quite you know it's quite substantial it's, it's not an absolute right and being not an absolute right it is uh you know it has to face some reasonable restrictions so don't you guys think that what we are today are those restrictions that are made today are reasonable in nature like are we in a state to question the reasonability of restrictions that are imposed in the free speech well yes i completely concur with you because like i said earlier we have come a long way in terms of the freedoms that we have today but you know in addition to that i would also like to say that the restrictions we have today are very although written down in in black and white they when it comes to their interpretation and their application there is a sort of you know a sort of ambiguity in that on which cases decided to decide to get uh, the laws applied and which cases don't so what what is your take on that would you do you feel like there is an there's a bias of such in the application of these laws what is the comparison yeah like like is there any comparison with the With, the, with America and other countries with their legislation on free speech well yeah um, if you look at america america has a complete allowance of free speech almost everything is allowed if you look at the comedy shows and the stand up comedy shows in america they they heavily criticize the government and they make a mockery of the government they make a mockery of trump and yeah you can see that they're they're more tolerant towards speech you can say and on the other hand if you look at the model followed in europe free speech is allowed but there are several restrictions which is closely related to india so in my opinion the latter is more conducive because it prevents any sort of hate speech or you know uh, incitement of any violence towards a particular community uh minaj the word that you used just now could you please repeat it again i said hate speech just before you said incitement right incitement of violence yes absolutely i was actually coming to that point like it's one of the one of a very you know a very prominent thing or a pertinent thing to discuss when it comes to free speech 
that is there's an ultimate distinction between what you call as advocacy and what you call as incitement and this was laid down in none other than the case of shreya single case of 2015 which was with reference to the us supreme court case of brandenburg case of 1969 where they had sought down a very clear distinction on what is incitement and what is advocacy so a very recent incident i think just a few days back uh, and still the i mean the wave of the same is going across the country uh, on a twitter post posted by civil rights lawyer prashant bhushan which was again tend to be an incitement rather than advocacy do you have a say on this issue where what is advocacy and what is incitement by analyzing the twitter posts uh, posted by mr prashant bhushan one of the institutions which we hold in high regard irrespective of governments is the supreme court is the judiciary but we would also like to point out that in particular to the contempt of court case of, of prashant bhushan it was not just Prasant Bhushan who had pointed it out. Even several former Supreme Court uh, ju justices as well, especially, can I point to you, Markande Kaju also had pointed out with regard to the corruption in the in judiciary. Yes. Don't, don't you yes. feel that uh, revelation about the same by subsequent uh, poor, uh, lawyers and judges as well? What do you have to say, Minaj, Maria? What do you have to say? Since you guys have. Which brings me to the point I made earlier. Although there is a law and a certain procedure that must be followed in situations like this, the applicability differs. Certain cases and certain instances are given more, um, what do you say, more importance, and certain cases are just, you know, left to the side. And that is the bone of contention, I feel, in today's world. And uh, I want you guys to also, like, you know, infer into the conclusions or these statements made by the Supreme Court uh, while uh, pronouncing the judgment that uh, there's an exception under the Contempt of Court Act which states any allegation against an individual judge or an individual judge won't amount to contempt of court. So if you look into the tweets posted by Mr. Prashant Bhushan, one of the tweet uh, heavily or the, the word used was grossly, contem grossly condemned uh, CJI uh, Sharad Arabin Bobde. Justice Sharath Aramid Bobde and the other Twitter post stated like, you know, something, uh, a very general statement that almost you will find in a grosser tone, like in everywhere in Twitter, which stated about the four chief justices of the Supreme Court, like six who were in action, six who were enrolled six years back. So uh, don't you think the second tweet from his side was something that would have amounted to contempt of court, which created the so-called incitement towards public? as the Supreme Court has just concluded? Well, in uh, response to the question you just posed, if this particular case has been treated as contempt of court, then all those matters that preceded should be treated in the same light, don't you think? And the previous judges, then every anything and everything against the court should be taken into consideration as a contempt of court, right? I think, Minaj, I have an answer to that because I just went through a lot of, you know, notes that stated about these issues where what that what the undertaken by the judges previously was referred to as fair criticisms of the judiciary on the judiciary while what what mr prashant bhushan has said was actually categorized as you know incitements from out of disrupted facts so don't you think definitely fair criticism and incitements over disrupted facts do differ doesn't isn't that the same when it comes to but again if you look at it there is a difference in the terms of how they've been interpreted, right? Yes. Sure. And that's, that's where, that's where the problem lies. 
Exactly. So I think three of us equally at the end of the day agree to the fact that what is all about dissent, what is all about fair criticism, free speech and all are still a gray, you know, a big gray patch in the entire, you know, right to freedom. Don't you think so? It's a grayer portion right away. Indeed, indeed, yes. In terms of application and interpretation, it is a gray area. Despite having several laws, despite having several restrictions, international governance, for example, if you look at the ICCPR, the ICCPR also says that freedom can only be restricted by law and, you know, necessary restrictions should be imposed on, you know, when a speech is made against the rights or reputation of others or for protection of national security and public order, etc. So if you can see that all the countries unanimously agree on certain restrictions being imposed on free speech, why is there a question now? Why is there a difference in the interpretation now? About, uh, even uh, Kapil Sibyl has uh, termed it as, you know, the contempt power being used by the court as a sledgehammer and that history would judge the courts for having let us down. Now, uh, I, I hope I shouldn't be saying that to the same with regard to Section 66A of the IT Act, which was brought yes. by the previous uh, regime, which was, which was uh, very vague and, and really absurd with regard to its, its provision with, uh, with, with regard to what is annoyance and what is not. In, in continuation, we would we would uh, now it be like uh, trying to discuss about the sedition laws of our country, or in particular to Section 124A of IPC. Like, is it really a necessity in our country in a democracy like today, since we are progressing over time? And even uh, Bapuji, Mahatma Gandhi also had been charged of, of sedition. Yeah, even Bal Gangadhar yes. yeah, Tulak also was of sedition. It's, it's really sad that we are still on with the same archaic law. Shouldn't there be a change or is it being used as politician very, well, uh, very, uh, very crookedly? Joel, before getting into the sedition law or before getting into the UAPA in particular, I mean, which is a very vast topic to be touched and we got to extract the core of uh, free speech part or hate speech part from it. Much before that, I think, as we discussed Mr. Prashant Bhushan's case, we're slowly being brought to the situation or the usage of online platforms today, aren't we? The intermediary platforms, the online platforms through which almost every communication is being made possible today, especially at the state like we all are being, you know, work, work at home, work from home and all have become the new fashion. So I think uh, we must not forget to discuss about the recent allegation that was raised against one of the biggest platform, Facebook, where uh, face, uh, as in Facebook was with the support, in the support of the ruling party with respect to the posts that came up in the platform. So don't you think online platforms do have a great role with respect to the freedom of speech and expression of individuals when we consider today's situations or situations of the changing worlds right away? Well, in my opinion, you know, these content platforms arbitrarily decide what stays and what doesn't stay. If you look at exactly. it recently, there was that incident in Bangalore with regard to the Naveen case, it's in the arson that happened in Bangalore. And yeah, because we've, and in my opinion, these social media platforms should not interfere and, you know, arbitrarily decide what stays and what doesn't. In my opinion, the laws of the country should govern these social media sites too. And the social media sites should, you know, merely act as a facilitator to give the evidence to the proceedings of the trial proceedings. And 
yeah, that's what I feel is necessary because if you allow the social media platforms to censor what they feel is necessary, then they will become a tool and, you know, be used in a very political manner. See, what do you think? What I, I kind of agree on what you're trying to point out that, you know, social media should uh, pass it on to the law and to the, to the uh, agency with regard to any kind of post, which is, which is insightful or harmful, but there should, shouldn't, shouldn't there be some kind of, uh, you know, policy or, or a regulation, which actually looks upon if there any violations being done, because uh, let's not forget in a city like Bangalore, Bangalore is a cosmopolitan city. It's not like the typical conservative city and we are progressing that time. And it's really hard to see that in my city that violence of this sort over a minuscule or over a minor post can cause hatred or violence. Is your faith in your religion so uh, feeble and so uh, and so meek that, 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 that you need to go get to the streets and, and, and uh, protest or to join in violent, violent uh, ways? But I feel that uh, in particular to the Bangalore incident, and it, it, you cannot attribute the, the tweet or the post alone to the, the violence being done. It, it also is the psychological uh, impact it, it has happened because as per several reports, several of these people are un unemployed and we're talking about unemployment rates in our country, especially during the Corona time and the insanity which has brought them towards to, to come to come to the such such violent ways. And also uh, with, with regard to it, it, it's really striking revelation that a platform like Facebook is uh, it's according to the Wall Street Journal and several other, other, other papers that have also pointed out the same that Facebook is being, is Facebook, is social media being used as a tool of hate? Now let's not forget with regard to the several comedians who have been targeted over their, uh, their, their comedy uh, tracks. Now these have been recorded many months ago and during the COVID situation, it has resurfaced again. Why? Because people are, people are at homes and they're kind, trying to uh, check out the content. Now, I agree that you should not, uh, in your, your, your act should not cause any kind of hatred or violence or, or any kind of, you can't demean a, a god or you cannot demean an icon in a very uh, bad way. But to counter that, you try to uh, in, uh, engage in violence or you try to uh, issue rape threats or death threats to that person and uh, sitting in your car. Now, I think I, I don't find a difference between a news anchor or an AC studio and a person sitting in an AC car with, 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 with this video facing because both of them are spreading hate in the, in the end, end of the day because these are, these are this very cheap uh, method of trying to get publicity wherein these people come on video and try to issue uh, threats. And it takes a lot of time for these media platforms to actually go and stop to go and delete or to, 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 to block their accounts. Don't you feel that there should be some kind of self-regulation also on platforms like Facebook and, and Instagram and, and others, because it's a really sad situation that we are getting violence as a means to keep Joel. Yeah, Joel, uh, there in the point you said, like, I, I think I have two points to say in that one was regarding the Bangalore riots. Like it is not at all justifiable for the riot that you know they've got broke out you know by the time and all those issues created are not at all justifiable uh, in a society like like that of ours. However, do you think that was the the whole break, breakout was just out of a, a single social media post or was the was the incitement based on a single social media post posted by the nephew of the 
uh, MLA, you know, us, all the facts suggest. That's the first question. Like a lot of people have the same question. Was that the insecurity among the category of people who came up and broke the riots that had been existing, which, which actually got developed gradually due to a lot of incidents? That was the first part I had to tell. Secondly, with what Vinaj and you were pointing out regarding the media, media censoring, especially when it comes to social media, there comes a word called censoring. The arbitrary nature, I think, chosen by the social media platforms, including as allegedly by Facebook also, where they have a tendency to keep a few posts on the social media and to remove a few posts or their accounts from the social media. Exactly. So, yeah. So do you think who are they to decide or who have to actually, you know, decide upon the, you know, the persistence of these kind of posts on social media? Well, I still stick to what I've said earlier, you know, social media platforms, should not be given this power to, you know, decide what stays and decide on what doesn't stay because at the end of the day, they aren't the, the judiciary. They aren't the bodies that decide what is good for the, for the greater good. And, you know, like I said, they should merely facilitate providing evidence to the law enforcement agencies and the decision should be taken by them. Because once we give this power to the, to the social media platforms and the content platforms, they have this sense of, executionary power you know True. whether and they decide what stays and what's visible to the rest of the public and that itself raises a lot of questions yeah yes exactly joel so, do you have a say on that yeah i agree with your point but i still feel that you know when you're touching you're you're crossing the limit and i mean limit not in the way of censoring your your free speech if it's causing some kind of hatred or some kind of annoyance to someone, which which is really uh, which which is really detrimental to that person, I don't think you should. Uh, I don't. I think that platforms like Facebook or Instagram should actually look into it because uh, you are seeing brazen amount of uh, and see with regard to the Bangalore incident, just by a single post you won't if you are get if you won't uh, resort to violence. That means you just check the YouTube comment section of several of the YouTubers. Or, or even other platforms, you know, you'll always see several comments up, uh, uh, against uh, uh, minorities or against Muslims okay. or against Christians. So okay. I, I, I have pointed out earlier as well, it's, it's not entirely in the base of, of, a, of a post. Uh, and, and we cannot really get into it because we, we, we don't have enough information with regard to the same. Minaj, do you have a day on that? Hello, hello. Yes. We just cut that part out. What happened to Minaj? Was he being stopped by someone? Why did he say cut? Who is trying to put pressure on his free speech? To find out, tune into our next episode of the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, YouTube, and IGTV. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Coming soon, second episode.